Jimmy, how did you find this place? Well, I just I just sat on the donkey and it brought me here. What do you mean? <laughs> that makes sense. Now, I thought we were going to a movie theater. This place is a zoo. There are animals everywhere. I see lions and tigers and bears and spiders oh and my. rats. Oh, my. Yeah. It's been a very animalistic uh, week. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen. Well, I've seen two more donkey films than I've seen in my entire life. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> Winnie the Pooh probably counts as a donkey film. So I think I've probably seen three donkey films in my oh, life, yeah. but I watched two of them this week. Oh God, yeah. Oh man, we, we should. Um, uh, while we're waiting for the film, tell you what. Here we go. Yeah. Come on. We, we, I want to play um, Animal Farm. Have you, have you played this game before? Ooh, no. Animal Farm. Okay, so um, right. I I. I uh, I've, I've thought of some animal films here. We, okay. need, we need some rules here. Okay, I'm going to think of some animal films. Okay. I've got a list of animal films here. I want to know whether my animal films are uh, fitter and more likely to survive oh. than your animal films. Hmm. Um, but there's a rule, okay? So, so for an animal film, it, it can't be an anthropomorphic animal film. I don't want to see it. Like, uh, my list doesn't have any Disney films where it's... Ooh humans that are in the shape of animals okay much though i love zootopia it does not feature on my list because that's just about people living in a city but they happen to look like animals yeah i've got i've got a list here of, of animal films mm-hmm. um that are about animalistic animals okay okay i just want you to come up with a list as well and then we're going to fight them off against each other one by one we'll have a animal animal showdown oh and then we'll we'll see so best of three we'll see who gets but, to uh... Gun. gets to rule Animal Farm. Okay. You got, have you got a list? Well, you think yeah, of some? I do, but like, who did Godzilla go up against? He went up after some, some tough animals. We could just watch the old <laughs> Godzilla films of him taking out various characters. King Kong. So it's, yeah. so it's, it's Godzilla is bound to win. So is Godzilla your first choice? No. Oh, I should, it should have been. But no, I'm going to go with... So do I start with my big gun or do I start a little... Lower down the Ooh, line. It's, I'm gonna, mm, I'm, I've got three outstanding films, but I have put the best one third. Okay. I'm going to softball you then. And I am okay. going to go... I'm going to go Disney. Bambi. Bambi. Ooh. But you know, Bambi was in my long list. Yeah. Why, 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 why is Bambi a better film? Oh, because I, I feel like it is sort of an early environmental, early animal cruelty film. Um and I just think, uh, oh boy, it's, it's sad. It's emotional. It packs that punch. Um, and I just think it's not a what would you call? It? It's not a comic book movie. Um, I, rem- <laughs> I remember taking a class with. I think I mentioned it before. The worst film instructor I ever had. And we were talking about the Deer Hunter and Bambi. This might come out of William Goldman's book, actually. That he says that the Deer Hunter is the comic book movie because it's totally unreal and, and ridiculous, whereas Bambi is the real serious drama. So if Bambi can beat the deer hunter, it can kick the ass of any of your films. <laughs> I'd, I'd never seen Bambi until I was an adult, actually. I think I saw it for the first time like about 10 years ago. Okay. And it is a beautiful film, yeah. actually. It's beautifully animated. It is really emotional. It is a great film. Oh, tricky. My first film, yeah. um, incredibly, uh, is a film from even earlier than Bambi. No. It's from 1933. My Number one animal film yeah. out of the three is King Kong. Absolutely, yeah. Directed by Marion Cooper and Ernest Scherzdeck. Yeah. Um, and written by, I need, I need to find this, like, this this afternoon, actually, when I was doing some research for the pod. So written by James Creelman and Ruth Rose. Now, Ruth Rose was the official historian on a 1926 New York Zoological Society expedition to the Galapagos Islands. Really? 
So, yeah, so no wonder she wrote King Kong. She yeah. basically lived King Kong before coming to write the screenplay. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, it doesn't just feature Kong, but you know, it's a whole bunch of dinosaurs in the movie. Yeah. He's, he's not anthropomorphized at all. It's a, the film is exactly about the untamable animalistic nature of Kong. Yeah. Um, I remember critics um, in Britain, at least, uh, really enjoying the more recent King Kong film. Um, it was the Peter Jackson film, yeah. wasn't it? From about, yep. when was that? From like 2005, 2005 or something? Five or six, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and I remember kind of the British critics all saying, oh, yeah, great fun. Um, you know, really got my money's worth. You know, uh, terrific spectacle. You know, very moving. And my God, that film is terrible uh, and completely yeah. misses the point of yeah, King yeah. Kong. Yeah, Agreed. Um, whereas that original 1933 version, even though it doesn't feature any actual animals because it's all stop frame animation, yep, yep. The, um, there's something just so uh, physical and tangible about those little stop motion uh, monsters yep. um, that's, you know, that's vastly better than the CGI fest that came after. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's a really moving, powerful, important film. Yeah. Oh, is it as good as Bambi? It's better. It's better. Is it better? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna yeah. take that. First round to me. Yeah, I think okay. it's uh, yeah, and it's it's influence on the rest of film history is uh, undeniable. So I would definitely give you that one. And that was on my long list. I thought. Oh, I, okay. I, yeah, this is tricky. This can be tricky because I thought I'd catch you with something softly strong, but you came with full strength and King Kong. Takes <laughs> well, it's, well, there's, no, there's nothing weak or puny about Bambi. No. Oh my God. Hmm. Right, round two. Okay, here we go. I got a point. Yep. It's, it's rare that I start off with a point it's when good. we play these games. Good. I got a point. So uh, my second animal film is a film that we actually watched for the pod last year. 1969, Ken Loach. Oh, yeah. Written by Barry Hines. It is Kez. Uh, the film is not only named after the, yeah. the animal, but, um, yeah, but the bird is uh, absolutely the, the kind of the, the center, the heart of the movie. Mm. Um, it's it's, a, uh, it's all about, you know, anybody who hadn't listened to the poll, it's about a, a teenager growing up in South Yorkshire in the 1960s. Um, and he trains a, a kestrel uh, as a way of basically escaping from his dreadful life of sort of hopelessness and poverty. Yeah. Um, and the, the kestrel, it's like a symbol of, it's a potent symbol of freedom, you know, living without a care of, of being as light as air. Um, and it's it's beautiful. And when they get to the end of the film um, and uh, Billy's brother kills Kez um, in revenge, um, Ken Loach told Billy, um, you know, that uh, um, made him believe that they'd really killed the real actual Kestrel yeah. uh, for the scene. So the emotion you see on his face is absolutely real. And it's mm-hmm. only after they shot the scene that he says, oh, no, actually, that was a bird that died, died of old age. A different yeah. you know, your, your bird is still alive. Um, it's you know it's a yeah it's a beautiful um, moving film, um, a classic for a reason. Beat that. <clears throat> it's hard to, but I'm just gonna say that that's sort of doubly bad. That's animal cruelty and child abuse <laughs> on a film set. It was so the '60s. It was normal. I'm gonna come back at you with Babe um because Ooh. with james Car- Cromwell, i thought that film is all about animal liberation and uh celebrating the um the, the talents and the um the contributions of of the animal kingdom to our human life so i'm coming back at you with babe and boy I don't, is there much more debate i mean kez was great i love that film it's one of my favorite films that we saw this past year so 
can I can I possibly let Babe win against Kez? No, absolutely not. <laughs> two points. I think I've already lost. But we two we play on. Lost. We play on, don't we? Okay. Well, this this is uh, this is like a, a lap of honor for me. Then. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what, okay. Your turn to go first this time. See, see if see if you can claw back a single point. Um, I liked the Jean Jacques Anou film. I'm going to try and look it up quickly here for the year. Um, the Bear. Have you ever seen that? I have not. No. What's the bear? It's wonderful because it really is. Uh, I guess it's 1988. Um, it's wonderful. It sort of um, follows a. I guess he's an orphaned young bear cub, who and there's very little dialogue in this film. And in fact, it's one of these films where um, I think it was sort of acted in one language, but it was there's so little dialogue that it was dubbed into <laughs> languages for the entire world, I think. So I, the original actors may have spoken English, they may have spoken French, and it's it's terribly dubbed, but um, it works as a very universal film for that reason. So it's very, very visual. Um, it's about his struggles for survival, and he meets up with a, uh, a loner male bear who at first wants nothing to do with him, but eventually um, comes to be his protector and his mentor of sorts. Um, and the entire time they're sort of being chased down by these um, bear hunters, I guess, looking for their, you know, trappers and looking for their skins. Um, and it's just wonderful. And there are a couple of absolutely ridiculous, um, almost surreal scenes of the bear dreams. So this, the, the baby bear <laughs> at three or four moments has these wonderful hallucinogenic moments when he's dreaming of his mother and remembering things. And it's a little bit anthropomorphic for sure, but um, it's it's so ridiculous that it's lovely. It's just fun. So um, I'm going to come at you with not just one bear because there's a big bear too. You got the bear cub who gets bigger as he goes along, and then you got the male bear, the big bear that becomes his mentor who he kicks butt. So there you go, the bear. Oh, difficult, difficult to argue with bear dreams. Yeah, I've, I've never seen bear dreams, and I really <laughs> want to see that film. Uh, I'm 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 going to reply with another film that begins with the letter B. Though. Okay. Okay. Um, this film is brought to you by the letter B. Let's see if you can guess. Written by um, Evan Hunter, um, better known as Ed McBain, who wrote those 87th Precinct novels. Okay. 1963. Many guesses. Starts with B. 1963. No. Directed by Hitch- Hitchcock. Oh. It's The Birds. Oh, the Birds. Yeah, that, yes, that came the up birds. on my list too. Good. Oh. Good. Oof. The, uh, I th- uh, so so it's, it's Tippy Hedren and Rod Taylor that basically yeah. they spent the whole movie on the run oh God. from like a whole bunch of from like gulls and then sparrows and then yeah. crows. I mean, a whole bunch of just kind of like ordinary birds. And I think the the greatest thing about this movie, the most shocking thing about it when I first saw it, because I didn't know what to expect when I saw it. Um, and there's it's kind of something I've, I've written in my notes here. It's often imitated, never equaled. There is no rationalization in this film. Yeah. Um. The film doesn't attempt to explain uh, why the birds turn on the humans. Yep. Um, it doesn't try to tie it all up. Yep. Um, you know, there is, isn't really a resolution, in fact. I mean, the characters basically just run away at the end while the birds you know, fly around amok. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's a fantastic film about the end of the world, about nature taking back what's, what's, yeah. you know, what belongs to it. Yeah. About that part of nature which you know, humans simply can't understand because you know, it's just beyond our comprehension. Um, you know, a surprisingly sort of you know, metaphorical and experimental film, yeah. I think, for Hitchcock right at the end of his career. Yeah. 
Um, I, so yeah. I, uh, I put The Birds down as my third film. Okay, okay. But now that you've offered Bear Dreams... Well... Difficult to turn that down, you know. I might, I might give you a, I might give you a consolation point for bear dreams. Let me intervene because, <laughs> um, well, okay. First of all, the starts with a T, not a B. <laughs> so I'm looking for a B Hitchcock film, and I'm getting oh, the man. birds. You always, you always, I can tell you're an um, English teacher. I would say that one, the, the fact that there is no rationalization makes it even scarier. I think, and we're kind of hitting that right now, where we're starting to see um, avian bird flu or COVID. We're starting to see these things just happening, kind of because they just will happen. There's no real explanation for it, and I think that does get captured in this film. This film haunted me as a kid. I saw it probably way too young and saw it many times because it repeated on the one of the cable stations out of Boston that we got. Um, so I know this film well. I love it. It does start with a T as in the birds, but <laughs> I think the bear starts with a T too. And Oh, yes. I'm just on the number of letters in the titles and the pluralization. <laughs> I'm going to go with the birds. I think you're oh. three and O here tonight. Three for three. I think this might be the first time I've ever won one of these competitions that we've done. Congratulations. Enjoy it. Enjoy I'll be it. opening the champagne. <laughs> um, I know I, I, I brought one spare film. So Ooh. in case we turned out that we chose, uh, we both chose the same film. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I brought one spare. Did you bring a spare? I brought a number of spares. I have like six or seven oh. on my list, but none of them okay, are that I, I, yeah, strong. Go ahead. I only have one spare, um, mm-hmm. which I haven't seen for a very long time. I'd like to go back and see it again, actually, which is um, the Peter Greenaway film from 1985, A Z and Two Noughts. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, because that takes is, place, yeah. there's a zoologist, and it takes place around a zoo. Exactly, it? yeah. It's like it's about twin zoologists. Yeah. I remember um, going to see that film when I was uh, at school and trying to impress a girl on the school bus yeah. with this <laughs> tremendously intellectual film that I'd been to see. And uh, and I was saying, oh, I went, went to see a very interesting film the other night, a Z and two noughts. And she looked at me, she said, what, you mean zoo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think she I think, just thought I was trying to yeah. impress her by how well I could spell. Uh, but, <laughs> um, um, but yes, um, yeah, fr- uh, freaky. And, yeah. Um, yeah, very fascinating film. One of those films that really drills its way into your consciousness. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to see it again. I have not seen it since 1985. I think Ooh. it's a really early Michael Nyman soundtrack as well. Yeah. So two good reasons to go back and find that. Yeah. What, what was your spare? Um, well, first of all, I want to talk, comment on that a little bit because I had a big Greenaway period where um, for some reason all those films hit Canada. I was living there at the time, um, late 80s. So all of his films sort of came to, <laughs> to my world at once and I just watched a bunch of them and, and loved them. The, the Draftsman's Contract I loved and The Cook, The Thief I loved. And um, yeah, there were just so many films that I really enjoyed of his. And they, I, they, I just had to digest them all at once because I don't know if it was one of the theaters that was just playing them all the time. But uh, we don't consider like a zero or an O uh, a not in, in North America, I don't think, not even in Canada. So oh. it doesn't, it doesn't, yeah, it's not that on the nose for... For the North American audience, as, as a Z and two nuts making up Zoo, but um, I did like that film. Yeah, I would go back and see that. Um, and I just had back pocket stuff. I had Life of Pi in my back pocket because I thought that was an oh, interesting yeah. film, and I've, I've never read the book, but um, definitely an animal's too close for comfort film. So I thought, <laughs> and a big tiger. So I thought I might win with that, but I lost at everything today. So you've put me to shame. Uh, congratulations. So, so the reason I brought you to this zoo-like cinema <laughs> yeah. is because actually I've realized the animals are winning. Yes, and you're going <laughs> to push me in there. You're going to push me in there to my own fate, and I'm going to get eaten up by the animals in this <laughs> crazy theater. <That's> <laughs>
Let's see the film. Yeah. Let's do it. Thank you.